It's Pi Augustine, your Division One candidate for Ipswich. My plan is for a community that is vibrant and attracts world investment, a community that is connected with the state-of-the-art transport system, a community that cares for our people and environment at a time of need. Division One needs a councillor that has the energy and motivation to get things done. A community champion. Find out more about me on my Facebook page, Pi Augustine for Division One. This ad was approved by Pi Augustine candidate. Ipswich deserves strong and stable leadership you know you can trust. I'm Mayor Teresa Harding, and as your Mayor, Ipswich is once again a city that businesses are proud to invest in and families love to call home. To keep our city moving forward, I'm committed to reducing cost of living pressures, expanding our road and transport networks, delivering more for our suburbs, and boosting investment in grassroots sports in our community. So vote one Teresa Harding for Mayor for sustainable growth for Ipswich. Authorised by T Harding, 264 South Station Road, Raceview. Coming up, you're never too old to take on something new like stand-up comedy. We talk tunes in Tulma Place and live music in Ipswich. How well do you know your local councillors? And reminiscing about the era of backyard dunnies. Get ready for another yarn over the back fence with Walter Williams and Ashley Mack. It's Wednesday, February 22, 2023. And I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. Walter Williams has called Ipswich home for 32 years and you will know his voice on many TV and radio ads. And he was previously heard doing his own show on QFM, Star FM, River and 4BC. Welcome, Walter. Bottoms up, lads. Ashley Mack was born in Ipswich and growing up in Ebervale didn't affect him very much at all. He was the first voice on QFM in 1990, still a media tart and owns a small business that makes great coffee. Welcome, Ash. I'm glad you like the coffee. It's Merlot and it's great stuff. I do like the coffee. We're going to start the show with something a bit different this month. And we're focusing on you, Walter, and your first mm. stand-up appearance at Studio 188. Now, before mm. we talk about it, this is Walter, live on stage. Uh, this, but, uh, I used to be famous <laughs> a long time ago, and uh, for the last seven years I've been uh, heard on radio and TV as a voice, instead of being on the TV, doing the talkback radio. And I've retired from all of that, and people ask me, how's life? Is it great? And I say, yeah, well, life is great. Life is great in the Sunshine State. Got my own private jet. Are you impressed? Yeah. Well, my wife has the rest of the spa. Hey, you had a few fans there, Walter. But that was a great reaction. Yeah. But yeah, look, I've got to ask, why have you decided to tackle what I think would be a scary proposition to get up on stage there and tell gags? It's very scary, but um, Anthony was holding this course, uh, uh, Anthony Lamond. I've actually got the certificate here, lads, uh, my graduation certificate. And Anthony, being the smart man he is, has actually signed his name where it should be mine. Um, but but I, made my, I made my graduation performance. I Going into it, oh, look, I was – and this is someone who is a – 
professional MC and all of that. We all three of us have been doing this for years on mm. stage on microphone, but it's very different doing stand up. It's a whole different beast. You are totally I, exposed, aren't you, and relying on your mm. own wit. Did you, Ash? Have you had a crack you, at such a thing? Oh no, never! I, I don't have the. Uh, uh, Walter's got bigger ones than I've got. You know, what I was like, Walter's got bigger. But the thing is, did you feel? Do you remember the the first day you went on air, and you yeah. got those butterflies? Yes, it was. They went like on that? for a while for me. <laughs> yeah, these, these weren't butterflies. Well, they started out as butterflies, and they ended up like African killer bees <laughs> that were in their nest being hit like a piñata. Uh, it was terrifying, absolutely terrifying. Uh, we did a few read-throughs up at Studio 188 on the day, on the morning of the, the actual event that happened that night. So it was it was a crash course. It was all taking place in like a five-hour space of time or something, right? In that time, we had to learn, we construct a routine and then nail it and then edit it and get it to the final point where we could have something that we could actually put out in front of the public. And we had a, a packed performance that night. Got, we you, sold out. You got to keep doing it? I'm, I might have another crack. I, I reckon the, you should. The thing is, I've broken through that initial barrier and that's the hardest thing. Yeah. That was the toughest thing to do. I, at the initial reading, the first reading, where we're just doing a table reading of our gags, right? Yeah. My hands were shaking. I was physically shaking. And I can't remember a situation like that, except maybe as recently as when I first started doing talk radio with 4BC, mm. um, yeah. because that was, that was pretty terrifying and nerve-wracking. You know what you should do? Every mm -hmm. year they do a, a little one-act play at the Incinerator Theatre. Mm. I did it about 10 years ago. Best experience ever. Mm. Go and do that next. You'd love it. And they, they're yeah. always looking for cast members. Yeah. Well, 10 years ago, I could have remembered all my lines. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I could now, <laughs> to be honest. Anyway, congratulations, Walt. You had a very appreciative crowd there. Oh, they were wonderful. Mm. And I, I said... I didn't invite any family or friends because I just wasn't, I really wasn't prepared for that. So uh, thank you to everyone who was generous enough to come along and support us. Okay, this is uh, our monthly Over the Back Fence yarn with Walt and Ash on Ipswich today and we'll move on to some other Ipswich topics and Ipswich Central latest. Tunes in Tulma, it's got a nice ring to it. I love the concept with performances in Tulma Place. Have either of you been to any yet? I haven't been to any, but I'd like to go and have a squiz. Mm. Oh, I actually got down to the tail end of the last one and uh, and caught them before they, they wrapped up. They did a couple of songs, and it was really good. There was, um, uh, it was a duo on stage from memory. Brilliant. Uh, I think they're local. and um, Well, that's what's uh, going to be my were, point. Are they, very much appreciated are they, crowd. Yeah, are they local? Are they local? I, yeah, I'm not sure. Look, I'm not saying that it has to be 100% local. But I think mm. the venue, if they mixed it up with a draw card, and you need a draw card, let's face it. You've got to have a draw card, yeah. yeah. But mix it up with some up-and-coming local bands to get involved in regular live shows because, Ash, I'm looking at you here because you're the musician amongst us. Wouldn't that be just such a great boost for oh. not, not, all, not all young people either? It could be any age. Actually, what they should do is something we used to do at Brothers about, oh, probably five years ago. I went for about five years. 
is uh, a few of us would get together and donate our back line. The back line is your drums and rhythm section, blah, blah, set up on stage, and then we'd invite everybody in and have a jam. Ah, now, what mm, it did... Fantastic. You'd get different people up on stage, and, and you started to realise just how much great talent there is in mm. this town, right? Because at yeah. the time I was playing drums, I play keyboards now, but in those days I was playing drums and there weren't too many drummers around. However, now there are drummers everywhere. And if we could get that going, right, where, say, once every month they had the jam, and you, as soon as it gets out in the grapevine, you'll get great entertainment. And people oh, yeah. getting on stage and singing and carrying on, they're great. Yeah, I, I reckon yeah. It's, the, uh, it's the next thing council should focus on because they're running that space. Uh, mm. You know, that, that balance of having a draw card and the up-and-coming bands, the local guys and girls, and really would only take, I would think, two or three performances, and if they're good, mm. they'll, they'll become the draw card. And that oh, could exactly. alternate with mm. the tunes. You could have yep. jams in Tulma. Yep. Awesome. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> good idea, Walt. We'll put you on the committee. Uh, <laughs> You're organising. <laughs> well, well I, I had a birthday party a few years ago where I called it a jam party, mm. and we went to a venue and like you say, you have a back line and then everyone gets up and plays and, and it's amazing amongst my group of friends how many talented people there are that could play all sorts of instruments and those who could actually sing. I mean, I'm a talker, not a singer. <laughs> who were the big local live bands in Ipswich over the years that you remember? Oh, Ooh. there's been heaps. Uh, season, I oh, know they were a Brisbane band, Season of the Witch. Flight was one that was really good. Um, there are, I've still got friends on Facebook. I can't remember the names on, on their, of their bands, but who were musicians here 30 years ago, 40 years ago. Actually, Mick Stewart is still running around with his band, uh, Double Vision, doing bits and pieces around the place. Oh, yeah. Interesting you were saying about that about the birthday party, Walter. This coming weekend, it's, I, you know, do you know of Shirley Baker, the solicitor opposite mm -hmm. uh, Brown and Baker? No, tell the story. It, well, Shirl, Shirl is retiring. Now, Shirl's husband happens to be the lead guitarist in our band, so we're dragging everybody together. But <laughs> Shirl was also Jamie Dunn's solicitor. So Jamie's coming along and he'll undoubtedly sing. And all of a sudden we've got, stop him. Oh, we've got people coming out of the woodwork now. We've got one lady who wants to do, oh, I've got the music in me and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. That's happening this weekend, but unfortunately it's a closed event. It sounds like it's going to be a great event, though. It will be, yeah. You'll hear a lot of noise around Brassaway, that's us. <laughs> Love to be a fly on the wall at that one. All right, let's mm. move on to something... Uh, uh, a little bit more serious now. I was able to catch up with Councillor Nicole Jonick last week for a chat. It's uh, one of the previous podcasts on Ipswich Today. And one of the things she said really was a surprise, wasn't a surprise. She said most people don't know who their local councillors are. Do mm. you agree? Mm. Oh, totally. Yeah. That, like, if you asked me to name them, I have no chance. I think Tully's the only one I remember because he's from the, the crew before. Mm. Yeah. And by the way, I bumped into Paul at Costco a couple of weeks ago. It was great to see him. All right. Yeah. Walter, what are your thoughts? Yeah, like, like you on that one. <laughs> Last time I saw Paul was over at uh, Springfield Central at Orion. And I'm, I'm talking about Tully. Oh, you're talking Pas – oh, oh, I was talking okay. Tully. Right, okay. Well, they're, no, both, okay. they're both very well known. Yeah, so, yeah. See, the, but, we know uh, them. Yes, we, do, we I don't know I, the others. I was down at that uh, cottage in Ipswich there um, that does the two. I can't think of the name. Oh, General Raft, yeah. Rafter and Rose, right? Having um, brunch with my wife, and who's at the table across from us? Marnie Doyle, right in the middle of her area. 
Exactly. Um, it's, it's having her, I don't know what she was up to, but uh, and you don't want to interrupt because you think the last thing she needs is probably someone just w- rocking up to a table yeah. and having a whinge. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Hello, but, Councillor, I, I'd I like to have a whinge. <laughs> I, I, I will say this about Marnie, even though she's hard to get to accessibility-wise, uh, at least she is visual in the community. There is a, a man who is also part of our division. I've, I couldn't. If I ran over him with my car, I wouldn't know who he was. So what should be done to improve this awareness? Is it entirely up to the councillors to get out there? Is well, there what, how do they do it? What do they do? You've, you've got, like you said earlier, tunes in Tolma. Mm. There's, a, there's a situation. You don't mix politics with, with religion or whatever, but, 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 or music. But, <laughs> uh, but what you could do is at least make them a presence and, and get them up there and just say hello to people. Oh, is, is, it, is it just a, a result of all new members in their first term? Oh, look, it, it is that. And that it's, also, that. it's also the fact that Ipswich is so spread out. We don't have a single media market here. Uh, and I might have mentioned this on previous uh, shows. So if you're a councillor in Toowoomba, you've got the local TV news that does a half-hour local news. Well, we don't get that for Ipswich. Uh-huh. They have to fight with other councils in southeast Queensland to get a bit of airtime on the TV. So raising your profile is definitely more difficult in Ipswich, but mm-hmm. they have to get out and about. Look, some of them are out and about every day at community groups and events, and it just takes time, I think. Alan, on that topic of media, it was actually raised by one of my fellow amateur comedians at at Studio 188. He made it part of his set. Was the and it's true. It's not just a joke, but it's true that uh, when the media in Brisbane wants to talk about anything successful in Ipswich, it's west of Brisbane. When it's a chance to dump on Ipswich, they name Ipswich. And you see that pattern repeated time after time. It has been repeated time after time. I will defend a couple of very good journos in the metropolitan area that they don't always do that. But overall, that is the perception, Walt. Ipswich Library is always a good news story and even when I was working at council I loved working with the library staff to promote what they do because it's just fantastic. It's the number one touch point for uh, Ipswich residents to visit Ipswich Libraries and since they've created the separate children's library which is the first in Australia Mm -hmm. and the main library the numbers are going through the roof as it is at um, Springfield Central, Red Bank Plains and even uh, Rosewood. What are your earliest memories of going to the library? I'll start with you Walt. Mm. Oh, look, I love books. Uh, my, my parents used to read to me when I was a child, and I did the same thing with our children. And and that's how you, you make their love of books and interest in reading grow. And part of that is taking them to the local library, and that's what I did as a child, and, and I encourage my children to do it as well. But having said that, I am no longer a physical member of any library at this stage. I mean, I joined I, I joined digitally when I was over at Caroline one day with that funky little setup. Uh, the they kiosk. Got, yeah, yeah, the yeah. The kiosk. <laughs> but I, I don't think that was working terribly well at that stage. Was, they had to iron out a few bugs. But we've got one of the most brilliant libraries in Australia and one of the best children's libraries, haven't we? Mm. And they're certainly different now. Very high-tech. Very mm. inviting. You no longer have to be quiet, although they still do have uh, 
quiet corners uh, set aside. In fact, my earliest memories of a library was probably, probably Stratford in Cairns, which was in the old Mulgrave wow. Shire. And, you di- and I remember you did have to be quiet and it was, you know, it was like hush tones. So I'm so glad that's a thing of the past because kids are kids. They want to make a noise. Exactly. I remember walking from, after, after three o'clock, walking from Central Boys State School, which was in Milford Street, just behind the Opportunity School there, which is now that special school, down past the Central Milk Bar and getting a milkshake there, right, then back up the hill. Mm. Do you know the where the library was originally? In the... Indian, Indian Millfield. Yeah, 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 that building. Yeah, yeah. No, we, no. And we used to have to go there to get our books out. Mm-hmm. Right, and then go up there, then catch the bus to Ebervale after I'd, I'd take my books out. And, that's <laughs> and how many late fines did you have, Ash? A lot, because I didn't like that. <laughs> I, I, I think I spent my late fines at the Central Milk Bar. We've been doing a fair bit of reminiscing today through our chat, uh, men. And Walter, you've suggested this one. I'm not sure why, but the Backyard Dunny, then and now. Why have you suggested that as a reminiscing topic? <laughs> Oh, I think I think it pops up from time to time on the Lost Ipswich site on Facebook uh, as well, because people love to reminisce about the days when there were Dunning Carters and the yeah, buggers. Yeah. That was the worst job, wasn't it? Yeah. It's like any, any job that in, yeah. yeah, any job that involves effluent, you should be paid more for. It's as simple <laughs> as that. And they used to have to slop those cans oh, on their shoulders down to the down to the truck and throw it in. Oh, it's disgusting. I was a, an old Townsville boy, so we had them in the backyard up home there in Woolgaroo. And, uh, and I remember them very, not fondly, but I do remember them. <laughs> and and they, there was a smell that will outlast religion in those things, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Ash, now you must be old enough to remember as well. Oh, definitely. We had one at Ebervale, right? I remember as a kid, the guy walking into the backyard and in that tar covered that tin with a lid on it and mm. that sort of stuff. And I think they poured the sawdust into the box at the side, emptied mm. it out, then put it in. But they are dangerous things. Mm. They are dangerous because. How so? Well, <clears throat> my family, a lot of my family lived in the old New Chum. Do you remember when before the mine there, there used mm. to be a, a little settlement, New Chum, and I had aunties and uncles and that sort of stuff there. And I had this one particular old auntie. She would have been about 190, I reckon. Uh, what happened was she decided at about 2 o'clock in the morning to go to the loo, right? So she had to go out down the back stairs and she got to the end of the stairs and just stopped and thought there's something wrong here. And what had happened between her back stairs and the loo, we'd had one of those cave-ins that Ipswich had been notorious oh. for. And there was a drop, there was this huge opening in the ground. Wow. Of like, it was like uh, uh, 20 metres across or something, and just gone down six or seven metres. Yeah. Wow. Right. And she almost walked straight into it, but she didn't. Lucky. So she survived. <clears throat> she survived the the outdoor loo, but there's a reason why you should have them in the house. <laughs> yeah. I just think listening to you two guys now, you, you both have been living in the lap of luxury with the. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, no, really? No, no, no. Okay. Serious, serious. Tell us, tell us. Because more. you had someone to come and take it away once a week or whatever it was. True. Well, growing up. Uh, out in the bush near the North Pine <sighs> Dam before it was built. Uh, there was no such luxury, no such collection. I had to help Dad dig a hole. Dig it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh amazing. Yeah, and, and then, then you move it. it. 
Yeah, the hole moves around. Well, we're on a few acres, so you had yeah. plenty of room to rotate. <laughs> you just didn't step in that spot for a while. No. Yeah, but what, what's going to happen in, in, in 20,000 years' time when some archaeologist is digging and saying, what the hell is this? <laughs> well, now talk of the actual buildings. They've become mm. a bit of an art form. So how, oh, yeah. how, do you upcycle, how do you upcycle an old outside dunny? Well, like guys use them as tool sheds. <laughs> Tiny tool shed. Yeah, but it's a good place to keep your rakes and your and oh, your, yeah. all that sort of stuff out the backyard. Mm. They use them as those. And then um, you see, when they all disappeared, when they started putting sewage in, one of the funny things was people would come along and push them over. Oh, yes. Because yeah. they were that light, you could push them over. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good fun. Fun, fun stuff. Let's wrap it up uh, this month. What's going on in the neighbourhood that we should know about? Ash, you first. Oh, probably there's a lot of – I'm seeing on Facebook, in the local Facebook area, there's a lot of dog attacks. Mm. And and people don't seem to be looking after their dogs. The dogs are out. I know my wife's been attacked twice. Oh, they have to be on a leash. Yeah, well, they should be on a leash. But you feel guilty about saying, hey, if I report this, that poor person's going to lose their dog. Mm. Right, but the thing is, when your wife comes home with a busted finger and that sort of stuff, oh. you stay you go the other way around, you know. So this is in recent mm. weeks you're talking about. No, 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 that no. happened about about two years ago. All oh, right, but it, it, what's scary is you see the same dog out in the road at times, you know, which uh, is not good, not good. It's all about responsible pet ownership, if I can borrow a phrase from oh. uh, from council. Walt, uh, what's going on in your neighbourhood? Well, just to carry on that theme, uh, I actually discovered the dog park, the leash-free ones out near uh, Bundab have reopened. I'm not sure how long ago because for a while I avoided that area because they were rebuilding that little bridge after it had flooded in last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so the parks themselves had been closed for months and months. Yeah. And I just gave up in the end. But today I noticed it was reopened. So that's good news. And just carrying on from that, I have put in a request, a special request with council in my region along the Ipswich River Heart to get a doggy do box where they can have the bags hanging off the side and then you can put the refuse in there once you've collected after your dog's done his thing. Uh, As I say, with with Henry, he conducts a press conference. (laughs) He he has at least one of those daily. You know what they should? They should be in the shape of a small outhouse. (laughs) That would make it obvious, wouldn't it? Keep the theme alive. Keep the theme alive, you know? (laughs) With the doggy-do bags on the outside, yeah, for sure. All right, guys, it's been a a fun uh, chat over the back fence for February. We'll do it all again next month. Thanks for uh, tuning in. Talk to you next month. Thanks, Walt. Ciao. Thank you, Al. And thank you, Ash. And notice the last few minutes all we talked about was poo. And don't forget to check the show notes for handy links. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is also listener-supported. Please make a once-only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswichtoday.com.au and click the Donate button on the homepage to make a payment through PayPal. Follow and stream this podcast from your favourite app, including iHeartRadio and Amazon Music. Or play Ipswich today on smart speakers. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thank you for listening.
from legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode or go to ipswichtoday.com.au.